Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I am Magzin. After only one week of COVID-related exodus, he's not broke his 14-week run so far. Paul, you're back. How did you enjoy your week off, you scarving tosser? I wish it was a week off. I, t- I, t- I tell you, being full-time work, full-time teacher, full-time parent, it's not for me. Not not a life for me. <laughs> so I've just uh, I've just put put a put put her in front of Peppa Pig and recorded the podcast as you do. Peppa the Peppa Pig, the the world's best babysitter. <laughs> Peppa, Waffle the Wonder Dog, uh, Dougie, they're all babysitters in in round our neck of, neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. Did I miss much? Uh, no, not really. We had a, a pretty good uh, podcast with um, uh, Mark from the Call Up Wrestling Podcast. We spoke about uh, Royal Rumbles, the greatest Royal Rumble. So uh, I'm sure we'll get your feedback on that in due time. But uh, we have got a, a very special guest today, uh, a survivor, someone who's who's not only just lived through COVID, he's dealt with it and he's beat COVID. He's uh, probably the best thing to come out of Bristol since well, what motorway comes out of Bristol? <laughs> I don't. I don't drive, so I've no idea. <laughs> it's the M5. Okay, thanks, Paul. <laughs> I mean, He's... Bristol, Wales. There's not really much between us, is there? Really? I mean, it's a bridge. Yeah. That's about it. There's an element of class, but no, no, no not, not much <laughs> distance-wise. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a long wow. night. I, I didn't. I didn't say which way round the class was. Yeah, yeah. Hedge you better. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the amazing Andy from the Bang Bang podcast. Andy, how are you today? 
I'm I'm very very I'm I'm very well. Thanks for the invite onto the show, Max. Um, Absolutely not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, busy time, Sounds obviously. Really at work. forlorn about that. Then, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Um, like you said, yeah. So I I'm a survivor of covid i've had covid obviously in my job i'm a i'm a, an assistant practitioner not as steve likes to say on our podcast a glorified healthcare assistant it's, it's slightly different but um but i've uh yeah i've had covid and looked after a lot of people with covid um in the last few months obviously increasing in the last few weeks things are we're kind of reaching a uh probably a almost close to reaching a tipping point to get down the other side but we're, all, we're sort of reaching a, reaching a peak almost hopefully um but yeah that's why i'm quite tired and forlorn basically i'd normally be in bed by this point but um yeah, but we, yeah. We, we were meant to do this uh show a while back and then you obviously you you, you contracted covid and yeah it put you put you out of action for quite a while but uh you are back now with a bang bang podcast and it reminds me of Paul's part of an, uh, another podcast group called Five Nerds, and your podcast reminds me of Five Nerds, but mm. actually stick to your topic that you're, you're sticking with. It's got all the kind of like language and, and non-hating uh, of the Five mm. Nerds, but you do stick to a topic every week. Well, the thing is, with our podcast, I've got probably, as we're drinking, I've probably got a two-hour window at best before Steve turns into, you know, the Incredible Hulk, basically. So if I can get everything done by that two-hour point, we're not too bad. When we get past that point, I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking, I'm going to get a mouthful, everyone's going to get a mouthful, people are going to start getting, yeah. So we, we, we have to keep things kind of on track vaguely, but we do veer off into some weird... We're both quite old men, so we've got stupid stories about God knows what. And again, most of it involves things in bristol which i'd imagine probably 99 percent of our listeners sort of literally no idea of anything or who any of these people are we're talking about but um but yeah uh but yeah i mean we, we do try and stay on topic but yeah i was i was listening to an episode about bret hart today and you started talking Ooh. about uk garage so mm, yeah yeah <laughs> so you don't stick you don't stick the topic that good yeah, we listened, but then we recorded that episode. It was two parts. We recorded it in, in one sitting. So I think we started at seven and we finished it about half 11. Um, without a break, literally, we just we decided afterwards we'd just cut it in half down the middle. I mean, at the end of that second episode is, is pretty rough. Again, that's Steve with four hours of a drinking to him. So he ends up professing hatred for everybody on the internet, everybody on Twitter, wrestling Twitter such naming people individually that he doesn't like. He's had grudges against for the last 30 years, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we have to try and... That's what I'm dealing with every week, to be honest. But I, I love the fact that you reference the piss breaks that you take. Well, yeah, I mean... make the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Now we started doing it, because we were we were pretty basic. We, we, we would go around to Steve's house, um, put the tablet on the ipad on the table and just sit around the table and shout into the ipad basically that was the that was a formula for the show um but obviously now we've been forced to become a bit more i'd like don't i can't really say tech savvy because this yeah this is probably the, the height of our tax tech savviness but we're having to do it over skype um 
which actually allows me a bit more time to edit. And because before, like on the last couple of recent episodes, I've actually pressed pause when we've gone to the toilet, whereas before we would just keep going. You could, I think, one of the early episodes when we were recording this, Steve Slat, you could literally hear me pissing yeah. whilst he's talking in the background, and the flush going, that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we're kind of, yeah, we're still quite basic, but that's that's part of our rustic charm, I think. Yeah, I, I love the, the the most recent one, which I, I listened to today. Uh, the one where Steve got extra salty that you're you're branching out and, and going on other podcasts, and he's uh, was quite oh, yeah. happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he never mentioned any desire to be in anyone else's podcast <laughs> until I said I was going to be on someone else's podcast, and suddenly now he's taking great umbrage to the fact that I'm appearing on other shows. Um, but as I said on our show, I. I worry about him appearing on someone else's show because he actually, I feel like I, he kind of, maybe he holds things back slightly on our show because he's worried about me getting a bad name for some of the things he said. So if he appears on someone else's next show, I think it'll be like a free reign for him to do whatever he wants. It's not his show, so he can, he can, yeah, it doesn't have to be controlled. He can just let loose on them. But I'm saying all that, it'd probably be a complete pussy hat if he appears on someone else's <laughs> show, I'd imagine. It'd be so on his best behaviour. We'll, we'll get him on five nerds go. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, no, there's no rules there. We'll, he'll be okay. I think he'd fit in. <laughs> you, you would have to call the show six nerds go when, when Steve turns up there. So, you, so you're basically Steve's... Um, you're his Vincent man to his Russo. If he went out on his own, he'd do a WCW. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, He'll hate that reference as well. He will. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm too keen on that reference either, to be honest. But yeah, oh, you'll love that. Yeah, yeah. So, in case anybody who's listened to this show uh, has never heard of Bang Bang, what what is your kind of uh, idea about what the show is? Well, basically, we I've known Steve for probably the best part of twenty years now. And we we used to work together. We kind of got to know each other through work. He was a I mean, he was a fairly well-known uh, punk rocker back in the... No, punk rocker is probably too strong. He, he was in a quite a big indie band in Bristol called The Sears back in the mid-90s. And they toured around Europe, played with people like the Ramones. They um, were quite good. And he was um, quite well-known in the Bristol scene and then decided to retire at the age of 40 from the music business and get a proper job. So he, he, first of all, we started working in a nursing home and he said to me, he used to dress up like the Grim Reaper at night and stalk around the nursing home. <laughs> um, uh, but I got to know him through work and um, he, uh, yeah, and we used to chat about wrestling, sport, drinking, music, all that kind of thing. Um, and then as he details on every single episode, our career paths went in different directions. Mm-hmm. Somehow he's gone up into sort of high management. I'm roughly the same place as I was 20 years ago, to be honest. Um, but we used to meet up every now and again and have a chat. And we'd normally go around and go to a pub, um, talk about, again, the stuff we used to talk about. And then in later years, we used to get together and we used to watch maybe like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, that kind of thing, around his or around mine. Um and then I've always listened to a few wrestling podcasts over the years. And I said to him one time, you know, it might be a good idea if we, you know, people record, we record our conversations and people might find it entertaining. And I thought he's, um, 
he's quite savvy in the recording business. He's produced albums. He's produced, produced his own albums, like a SoundCloud page with music he's produced and put out there. And I thought they're quite good with our kind of combined knowledge and ability to talk crap and his sort of tech ability and able to produce stuff. We'd be able to get a good podcast out. It turns out basically he doesn't do anything apart from sit and talk to me about wrestling and I have to do I've learned how to well I say learn I've had a go at kind of producing and editing stuff he literally doesn't do anything it takes again he takes great pride in saying how little he puts into the podcast basically sits at a table with the Wikipedia page up on the person or the the pay-per-view whatever we're talking about and just kind of shouts things every now and again that's the limit (laughs) of his like before I even I, I used to have to go to his house so I'd have to go to his house sit in his kitchen, talk into his iPad, and then that would be it. That would be his input would be gone. I had to make my own way over, make my own way back. And Sounds then... eerily familiar. Sounds yeah. very familiar, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Except <laughs> so you don't uh, come around my house. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, hopefully now, that's the one thing. Now, we've again, we've got used to doing it on Skype. We can – that will save my – I think that was part of the, the charm almost. It was – I think it is different when you're sat in a room looking at somebody chatting normally. It, it tends to come more naturally, I think. So mm-hmm. that was part of, I think, um, what a lot of people liked about it. But I think we're recreating that um, fairly well. But yeah, we basically we decided we were going to talk about a certain wrestler each week. Because um, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts which were about kind of like wrestling reviews, as of the current stuff, that kind of thing. So I thought it'd be quite good just to each week do a particular wrestler that we both liked or didn't particularly like, or and then we've ended up doing pay per views and. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the general format. They tend to go. I think our first few episodes were like half an hour, forty-five minutes, and then they just seem to be getting longer and longer. Um, but yeah, so that's us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it's a it's a great podcast. I absolutely love it. Just one of those podcasts that you just get belly laughs. And I think the chemistry between you and Steve is just 
unreal. Uh, you try and like control him, but like you said, at the end, by the end, he's, he's like a wild animal. He just hates everything and everybody that's ever been in in existence. It's yeah, it's a, yeah. a quality podcast. I, I, it's so natural as well, though. That's that's one of the best things about it. You, it's you don't play up, and you're not you're not playing characters. It's just like you said, two blokes chatting about wrestling, getting yeah. pissed. Yeah, and that we wanted it to be like. Again, like being in the room with two blokes, two two people you know, just chatting about wrestling, or like it's like overhearing a conversation in the pub, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, but even in the last episode, we asked for questions, but it's, I need to get out of the habit of doing the questions at the end because this week we had two or three <laughs> questions, and it, it almost took personal offence to the question. I mean, they were just they were just daft questions. But the, by that the point, Coronation Street one, he was <laughs> flipping. Don't yeah. fucking ask me about Coronation Street. <laughs> and I was trying to answer it. And he was like, but I don't watch Coronation Street. I'm like, okay, I'll answer it. He's like, well, why are they asking these questions? I'm not interested in Coronation I don't watch Coronation Street. I'm like, yeah, I'll answer the question. He's like, what's you pissed? I said, just let me answer the question. Like, I don't want you to answer the question. You don't even know like Coronation Street. You spent longer than I did on the answer telling people how stupid the question was. So... But, you know, there we go. And to be fair, Fred Elliott is one of the best butchers ever. Of course. I mean, that's, yeah, that goes without saying, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) Andy, this is your first time uh, visiting Badlands. So what we like to do is uh, we like to get the guests, uh, Matt Richmond, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, So our resident accountant, Mr. Talia, can uh, collect the scores. And... uh, (laughs) We can get a definitive uh, answer. So, who are the four wrestlers who are, are your uh, Matt Rushmore and a little bit of an explanation why each one kind of makes that cut? Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to approach this as these aren't particularly people that I like, particularly, but it's people I would I would say would be, and I'd imagine they're probably similar to a lot of answers you've had in the past. But I think you've got that. You've for all of his recent. Um, exploits i think you have to have hulk hogan in there just because he probably he was present in what maybe like the first big wrestling boom and then the second big wrestling boom um for all his faults i mean i don't like the work at all i can't stand him (laughs) but i think if you're going to do a wrestling mac rush war i think he has to be on there uh really um and then they're going to go with never really boring answer in, in Ric Flair. Um, just because of the, the longevity of his of his career. Um, probably, I'd say, again, bear in mind I'm 42, so I'm knocking on a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's probably my favourite wrestler in my lifetime. In later years, I've seen more of his older stuff because... Um, my first sort of exposure to Ric Flair being a, somebody who was solely brought up on WWF was his first run in WWF. Um, but in recent years, probably partly through doing the podcast, I've gone back and watched a lot of his old 80s NWA stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's Ric Flair, isn't it? so he's got to be on there. Um, so I'm going to go with a, another really obvious answer. <laughs> um, I think... Um, I think that's a Austin on there as well. Um, again, somebody probably, well, I mean, it's, it's questionable to say 
if WCW, WWF, the whole way that whole war went, if it wouldn't have been for the Austin character. I mean, not specifically just Austin, but the actual Austin character. No, it was. Um, and again, he was probably the biggest star in the 90s, probably through to the mid-2000s as well. Um, and then the last one, I'm going to say, um, this might be, I don't think it's controversial, but I'm going to say Jericho for the last one. Um, partly because of the longevity. Somebody wrestled in ECW, WCW, um, WWF, and then to go on to AEW as well, obviously wrestled in Japan too. Um, a guy who's been around now for oh, the best part of 30 years or more, um, and is still able to tell a good story in a match. It's still a, a, you know, a quality promo. Again, some questionable views recently with his donations to certain um, politicians and his views on certain pandemics. Um, but yeah, I think he would be. And again, from he would be one of my own personal choices. Again, this is my I've enjoyed watching for the last 30 years. So that would be my four. So... <laughs> not, not very they're groundbreaking. Picks. They're, yeah, they're, they're the standard picks. Um, yeah. I think Assad Jericho started a, a, off as one of the, the guys at the front, but he's, he's kind of dropped off a little bit. But certainly three of those uh, are definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Paul, uh, how do uh, how do Andy's picks affect the, the totals? Yeah, you're right. As, as we've been saying, Jericho, mm-hmm. kind of since he came back as a full-timer, he was getting loads of votes while he was uh, doing, what, three or four matches a year. Um, since he came back to full time, not not many at all. But that, that that puts up up to nineteen votes. But kind of the top four is it ever solidifying? If you like, Ric Flair, The Rock, um, Rick Rick's on thirty three, The Rock's on thirty, Steve Austin's on thirty, and Hulk Hogan's on twenty three. Um, with Undertaker a, a couple behind on twenty one. I, I would expect Taker to catch up in the next few episodes because of him confirming his retirement. Yeah, you'll start getting you'll start getting more votes now. He's he's not on screen. It's 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 crazy how, how we've seen that that effect over the the two years we've been doing this. Yeah, but solid picks are coming. We you can't fault them when your uh, four picks are in the top five six of of everyone else's picks. Yeah, it goes to show that uh, that a lot of people agree with you. Yeah. Mm. I think we discussed this on you before, but but Chris Jericho, does he really believe those things, or is it heel move? Well, he believes them to the point of he donated thirty eight thousand dollars to to Donald Trump. How many or... dollars has he got though? Well, <laughs> is is thirty eight thousand a drop in the ocean to him? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of salary he's pulling. I mean, if he wants to donate thirty eight thousand dollars to to me, I'll certainly uh, be a politician. <laughs> Seems too obvious to me. And, that, and that's, that's, not, that's not me trying to stand up for him because I've got no no kind of relationship with Chris Jericho at all. I, I like him, but um, I, I, mean, I just feel like he's always he's always um, the the money the is one thing, and like I said, he can afford it. But the potential of infecting two hundred and fifty thousand people at a bat rally is that not going a little bit too far? I don't know that story. What's that story? So they have a. Uh, what is the town called? They have a uh, Sturgis. Every year they have a bike rally at Sturgis. If you uh, remember old school WCW, they had a couple of uh, pay-per-views there because Bischoff is a a, a huge barker. 
Uh, well, he uh, took Fozzie to uh, to headline at, at this bike rally, and there was two hundred and fifty thousand uh, people there, and potentially all got infected because he uh, he had it in the in the heart of the uh, the the COVID pandemic. So, oh, I yeah, don't think he'd uh, go that far for character. I did, I did I didn't know that bit. That's commitment. Isn't it? So that yeah, is commitment. He's, he's a, yeah. When you're willing to kill off a quarter of a million people in in the sake of just making sure you are a heel, that's yeah, that is some commitment. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's similar to. Um, I, I was always a big fan of Morrissey, and um, you get to a point and you think, oh, well, he's, he says these things for effect. He says these things for effect. And eventually, it's like, well, he's been saying these things for effect for quite a long time. Actually, like, is he actually seeing these things for effect, or is he actually a pretty terrible person? A nutter. Yeah, or yeah, or a nutter, yeah. yeah. I think so, you've just lost it, Morrissey. Yeah, 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 I think so, yeah, clearly. I still love listening to him. I've, I've oh, listened, yeah, listening, I'm listening yeah. to him today. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he's lost it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what uh, an all-vegetable diet will do to you. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a vegetarian, and she's clearly got oh, her head screwed on, you know, me. so... Look! Look at me just insulting the guest wife. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Uh, let's get into this main topic then. Uh, for you, Andy, we picked the topic of thrown together tag teams. So we want the Mount Rushmore of the best kind of like odd couple tag teams where two wrestlers have just been chucked in and and found uh, a modicum of success. Uh, so who? Who have you gone with for your first pick? Yeah, well, I was kind of torn slightly. I was thinking, well, when we say forensic retaliations, do we want kind of ones that were just sort of at a sort of short lifespan? It was just kind of one-off sort of things. But I've just gone for, again, pretty solid basic picks. Um, so the first pick I've gone for, I'm going to take you back to October of 97. Um, the rest of the world was a buzz when... Uh, Billy Gunn became Rockabilly, uh, the Honky Tonk Man's new protege. Um, I'll tell you now, this is one of my picks. <laughs> I know exactly which one you're going with. Um, yeah, and, and he was uh, one of the men turned down to be the Honky Tonk Man's protege was uh, Jesse James, the famous wrestler slash country singer slash a road agent slash everything else. Um and again, the rest of the world was a buzz when Rockabilly savagely turned heel, well, not turned his face, really, by smashing a guitar over the Hunger Top Man's head and joining up in a tag team with, with Jesse James. Um, at the time, obviously, Billy Gunn had been in, or spoilers, if anybody didn't know that Rockabilly was Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn had been in the Smoking Guns. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> I'm still catching up. <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so they were put together as a team um and pretty quickly became quite a solid solid team and featured quite heavily on on raw um they went on and had feuds with um the first match was with headbangers and they actually there was a match when i was doing my extensive research they actually wrestled together once as a team with the honky tonk man as manager on a, I think it was like on a Superstars or a Shotgun Saturday night. I think it was a Shotgun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the first time they wrestled as a team already beat the Headbangers, winning by smashing a 
get out of the boombox over one of the headbangers' heads, which became a bit of their one of their trademarks of winning by cheating, by using weapons, by sort of scraping their way through, um, and ended up uh, winning the tag titles not too long after that, after uh, after beating the Legion of Doom. Um, they won their match by, again, by some cheating, and then literally running out of the building. And Jim Ross said they're running out like like outlaws, basically. Like they just done a bank job, and they became soon after known as the New Age Outlaws. Uh, they were, to be fair, looking back, they were involved in some iconic sort of early Attitude Era moments. Again, that feud with the LOD, where they shaved off uh, Hawks, Mohawk, um, and then following that, they went into the feud with uh, Cactus Jack and Terry Funk and sticking them in the dumpster and throwing the dumpster off the stage, which was played out as being like a real-life tragedy on Raw. Um, uh, and they yeah, I remember, Matt. That was... Uh... Yeah. That, that did feel like it was uh, like it was real. I think they're finding people crying in the crowd and stuff. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the dumpster was full of like polystyrene, almost. You can see, like, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, no. Then after um, after WrestleMania, where they lost the titles to Funk and, or sorry, to Chainsaw Charlie and to Cactus Jack, uh, they won them back on Raw, and they became part of the. The face, well, the soon-to-be-face DX. Uh, but again, they were a big part. I think, again, in those matches with the Road Warriors, they kind of, DX were almost egging them on, um, encouraging them. Uh, so they're getting that kind of rub off of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Um, and he also joined DX and went on to be one of the one of the biggest tag teams of the late 90s. Um, I, obviously, once they left there, they are short-running well, there was quite within a short run, it's quite a long run in TNA, is the the Voodoo Kin Mafia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and even when they came back for a short run, um, I think they, they won the tag team titles one more time and then had a match at WrestleMania with Kane against the Shield. Um, but yeah, they'll be one of my picks as a put together tag team. Didn't they, I don't think it was Kane, was he not Punk? And they teamed up with Punk. But they turned on Punk, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Punk, yeah. I think the WrestleMania match was, I think yeah. the WrestleMania match was Kane and, because it gives corporate Kane and the yeah, like, corporate punk, outlaws yeah. against, yeah, yeah, against the against the, like, the face shield. Um, I think Billy Gunn got like murdered in that match or uh, the night after that match and then didn't wrestle for ages after that and that was the last time he was seen anyway um yeah but that'd be my first pick it's a, a great pick and last <laughs> it, it, it was my first pick so i may as well share the first pick with you uh i think it's if they for me epitomize when when i was looking at this topic they were the, the the two that really stood out. Two guys who were had hit a ceiling in terms of uh, uh, singles wrestling. Uh, none of them were, were ever going to be higher than what they were. Um, and then that that whole kind of ridiculous kind of feud for the services of Honky Tonk Man. I mean, who the fuck wants the Honky Tonk Man to manage him? Uh, <laughs> so no wonder uh, when uh, when uh, Jesse James uh, convinced Billy to to ditch him. Uh, he, he was quick to 
to to join up. And like I said, the 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 way they were pushed uh, instantly on Raw, uh, getting that wins against really established tag teams. The feud with uh, the the Legion of Doom, one of one of my favorite feuds of, of that that whole time period when they shaved off uh, the the Mohawk of of Hawk. That's when it started to really kind of become real almost for me like wrestling where you 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 just didn't know what was going to happen they, how far they were going to uh, be able to push wrestling uh, and I think the wrestlers had so much kind of creative freedom that they were able to to do things like that the, and like I said the the uh, the pushing off of the dumpster was such a a, a massive moment that people were genuinely shocked and and thought have, have they killed a couple of guards here. This is this is this is this shouldn't be happening. Uh, but yeah, it, it led to one of the 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 best known, one of the most um, uh, decorated tag teams uh, of, of of wrestling from from that period. The the TNA run, um, it's a very very hit and miss. I think they started as part of uh, the three live crew. Uh, and uh, Billy was like was brought in, and then um, I think it was Conan who, who turned on him because he didn't want Billy to be part of it. Then I think they were called the James Gang, and then obviously the Voodoo Kim Mafia, because that certainly wasn't a dig at Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, from around that period, though, I do remember the, the the kind of shoot promos that they did, where they were uh, referring to the likes of Triple H uh, and Shawn Michaels as 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 the name, and they. I remember one specific one where I think it's uh, Jesse um, uh, Bryan as, as his as, as his, uh, his real name. He specifically says he saved DX. It was him and uh, him and Billy who basically carried DX, really kind of like rubbing it in. But then, like I said, they, they came back, won another title. I think they overall they were six times tag team champions. Uh, so yeah, I've got to agree. It's uh, a great pick. Uh, Road Dog now still works for WWE. I think he's a producer, and uh, Billy is obviously doing huge, massive things as part of that uh, pissant company, AEW. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not Steve, is it? Yeah, we try and avoid AEW on our show because I yeah. don't want to set him off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a red rag to a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, does uh, the New Age Outlaws stay on our Mount Rushmore? They 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 stay on um, definitely because <laughs> I think I've got this horribly wrong. You? <laughs> oh, well, I can't. Well, I'm through your second pick because I want to hear what Paul just just say the name and we'll go we'll cut straight to Paul. So I, uh, you, Andy, I'm, just, I'm just lucky you can't veto twice. <laughs> okay, so my second pick. Is so. I've gone for um another WWF team. So basically, so um June 1991, uh, the world had been shocked by the tragic death of Jake the Snake Roberts's snake Damien, as he'd been squashed by the earthquake. Uh, and made it to burgers. I made into burgers and fed to <laughs> Vince and Bobby Heenan and Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> oh, God. And at the same time, uh, former world champion Tugboat had been hanging around uh, looking like a bottle of bubble bath, um, not really doing a lot. Um, 
<laughs> that, no, took, no. that took me two seconds, but I got <laughs> um, so, so at this point, Jimmy Hart has been teasing that he signed Andre the Giant to a contract and he was going to team up with Earthquake and Andre had said that was a load of old rubbish. So Earthquake attacked Andre the Giant. Um, and then um, a few weeks later, uh, on a on a match which I can't believe was was this is only on Superstars arrested, not on a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam, but it was um, Tugboat and the Bushwhackers against Earthquake and the Nasty Boys, and uh, shockingly, Earthquake uh, Tugboat turned on the Bushwhackers and joined up with Jimmy Hart and his his family and joined up with the Earthquake. Um, changed his name to Typhoon and the natural disasters were born. So in the short run, the uh, natural disasters, I just over a year, uh, they feed up the Legion of Doom, obviously with the Bushwhackers, so they squashed pretty quickly. And then uh, in quite a strange development, turned into a face team. And I think they were quite, I quite liked them as a face team. They were both pretty, for their size, they were athletic guys. They could move around the ring. They could, they could do like earthquake. Could do drop kicks and kind of um, a big match at SummerSlam in '92 when they beat the uh, the Beverly Brothers in that classic. <laughs> um, but they about a year they had together, um, and then yeah, so they, I don't think they ever teamed up again in WCW when we had the Shark and the. The shopmaster. I think they'd passed over across, sadly. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my second pick, could be the natural disasters. Were they only together for a year? Yeah, just, just over a year, yeah. Just over. Do you, you know, Seemed like a lot longer. Yeah. yeah, you view them as like a classic tag team. Mm. Do you just assume had longevity? Yeah. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed the feud that they had with uh, LOD, uh, especially with. Uh, Earthquakes rants in uh, when they had the backstage uh, promos when in a, a, a pretend locker room that that seemed to be the same locker room no matter what kind of a what what uh, uh, arena they're at it was always the same locker room which is weird <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean I I always found it uh, interesting how young <laughs> the uh, earthquake was I mean this guy was only like. Late twenties, early thirties, when he when he was in his uh, peak in WWE, mm. um, and then obviously uh, Uncle Fred Hogan's best ever best friend ever uh, becoming a heel was a, a massive shock. But yeah, it's a a great pick. One I didn't kind of uh, consider for Barn, but uh, a great pick nonetheless. I've watched now, a lot from that time period recently. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very fresh. Um, um, for- Unfortunately, we've had to as well uh, for another <laughs> podcast that we're involved in. Yeah, it's, it's not good. I think the the best thing about that era was uh, the uh, Bushwhackers versus Beverly Brothers uh, match, where uh, one of the Bushwhackers gives uh, one of the Beverly Brothers a hand job uh, whilst <laughs> uh, having a scoop slam, which is which is always fun. Um, but great pick, great second pick. Uh, Paul, let's see uh, if you've uh, followed the, the rules. Let's see if you've done your own work properly or else I'm, uh, I'm going to use your own veto against you. Well, speaking of, speaking of classic teams who, who had longevity, I went for Owen Hart and Yokozuna. <laughs> 
Right. Did you go for that, or have you just looked it up on Wikipedia? No, right no, I went for, no, I went for Yo- in Heart and Yokozuna um, because I set my. It's open to um, interpretation what thrown together means. So I set my, set myself my own little rule was if they got a tag team name, then they weren't thrown together. Okay. So so I've I've gone down a slightly different route. So I haven't got anyone who turned into a classic tag team, but I went I went for Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Um, and if I could just find my notes here. <laughs> well, come on, Wikipedia, load up. Load <laughs> so, Wrestle- up. <laughs> so we go to WrestleMania 11, um, and Owen Hart was aggrieved that he wasn't getting title shots, and he couldn't get a tag team title shot despite not having a tag team partner. Um, but he said he would face the smoky- smoking guns with the champions, and he'd face them with a surprise partner. Uh, nobody knew who it was, and, and it turned out to be two-time WWF champion Yokozuna. We'd been away for, for WWE for, 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 for a short period where he'd actually gone away to, t- to put on more weight. <laughs> Which... he, was, he, was actually, he was actually told to, to lose weight and he came back about uh, 50 pounds heavier. He went home and looked in the mirror and thought, I need to bulk up. I'm wasting away here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I picked these because uh, there's, there's no link between the two of whatsoever the, the the tenuous link was owen said he wanted a team with someone who'd beaten his brother brett because obviously brett had uh had just defeated owen in in the in in, in the feud between the brothers um and I, I picked them because at the time they were two two very popular wrestlers two big wrestlers who had come to a point where they had no story left for them um so it seems to me I don't know the I don't know the full details, but it seems to me they were thrown together in a tag team division that was quite sparse at the time. Um, and they like my my favorite kind of tag team because I like it when you got two very different styles in a tag team. So you got Yokozuna being like the agile guy, the high fly, you know. And <laughs> um, no, no, that's Owen Hart, wasn't it? Um, no, so you got got Owen Hart, the agile guy, and obviously Yokozuna, big, massive, um, brute. Uh, and I just like it when you get two like complementary different styles and he was kind of the perfect partner for owen who um you know always had a chip on his shoulder about uh, not getting the opportunities he felt he deserved and i think maybe it was a little play on i think he probably wasn't getting world title opportunities and stuff because it because he was a bit smaller than the rest of the the main 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 event guys so who can he bring in to help him like the biggest guy there is um so brought in yokozuna double the weight of owen um, and it, it kind of and <laughs> double and then some, and he kind of Owen really used that that weight to it to his advantage in the matches, and uh, and he finally won his his first title at WF um, at, at at that WrestleMania. Um, let's say I think Yokozuna is kind of an attraction wrestler. I, I I'd label him like if he's not the champion, there's not a lot you can do with him. Um, uh, similar to maybe like Braun Strowman at the moment, I'd say. I think I'd put, I'd put him in the same category. Um, and oh, like I say, Owen's feud with with Brett had just finished, and and had been kind of put on ice for the duration of 1995 until Brett and Diesel were ready to to face off later in that year. Um, so two become a tag team managed by both Jim Cornette and and Mr. Fuji. Won the titles at WrestleMania 11 and then go on to hold them for five months. 
Um, they have defenses against the smoking guns again. The Allied Powers, Bulldog and Luger, which was quite a decent match. Um, really good match on Raw against uh, Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. Um, and then they came to um, In Your House Free, um, where they were going to take on um, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, not just for the tag titles, but for the, the World and Intercontinental titles as well. But Owen was replaced in the match by British Bulldog because um, Owen needs to be with his wife for the birth of his child, apparently. <laughs> I, I still don't really understand any of the reason for why this happened. And doing my research, I couldn't I couldn't see why there was a reason for doing this. But they did it. So Bulldog was tag champion for the night to team with Yokozuna. Um, but as Diesel and, Hart and Shawn Michaels looked on the course of victory, Owen Hart appeared in his ring gear, obviously, crashed a ring only to be kind of caught off the top turn by, by, by um, Diesel and uh, and Jackknife powerbombed um, even though he wasn't part of the match inexplicably Diesel pinned Owen <laughs> and and Diesel and Shawn Michaels were the, were the tag champions ending uh, ending the reign of uh, Owen and Yokozuna they'd be reinstated the next night on Raw when Jim Cornette would threaten legal action over the referee Um forcing oh, sorry over wwf forcing gorilla monsoon to reinstate them as champions which lasted for about a quarter of an hour because they uh <laughs> then put in a match against the smoking guns which they lost when when yokozuna accidentally uh splashed owen hart um but again they, they kind of, the reason i think they were thrown together is there was no actual um payoff at the end either they just they just split um uh, there was no breakup or fallout, despite, like, like I said, Yokozuna accidentally splashing Owen. Um, Owen would go on to team with British Bulldog, win the titles again, and Yokozuna, a few months down the line, would turn face and feud with Vader, which would famously lead to him leaving WrestleMania on a, on a forklift rather than a stretcher when he broke his leg. So I think they had a really, really good year as a tag team, like I said, in a division that was pretty poor at that point. And I like that they are they're the kind of tag team I like. It's a good pick. It really is. It's one that I uh, that I had uh, in my back pocket for uh, in case we we uh, had similar picks. So I'm not going to veto it. Um, and you explained it really, really well. Uh, one kind of thing that I've learned whilst researching was that both wrestlers died at 34 year old. Uh, Owen, obviously, we know what happened with him uh, uh, over the edge in 1999, but um, Yorks dad in in a Liverpool hotel, and he was only 34, again, really, really young uh, for losing these wrestlers at such an age, but it's a really kind of gruesome coincidence that these were thrown together as a tag team and both ended up dying at 34-year-old. Yeah, tragic. Yeah. Did he, um, did have a heart attack? And he was... It, was a, it was a pulmonary edema. It yeah. was. It was. Uh, it was. It was first called a heart attack, but uh, after after he had a, an autopsy, it was a pulmonary edema. Mm. And what's that then? Oh, basically, a swelling around the heart. That kind of. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Did not. Yeah. I said I'm. I'm here for medical reasons. That's why. That's why I asked. That's why I, asked. I, would, I, I wouldn't ask he, Darren. He's a glorified health health. I am. Assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the story that he was. He saw a spider and he had a heart attack. That, that's obviously not true. Saw a spider. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that at the time. 
Yeah, he, he was. Uh, he was basically at, at the tail end of his career. He was doing a show uh, in Liverpool. Went back to his hotel, and, and uh, when they went to to get him for for the next show, he uh, he passed away. Mm. No spiders involved. Well, he may have eaten a few spiders. <laughs> yeah, well, we've all eaten a certain amount of spiders. That's the that's the old wife's tale, isn't it? that you you swallow. <laughs> A certain amount of spiders in your life while you're asleep. But um, who started that story about your cousin seeing a spider? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure I heard that story somewhere. <laughs> I might have imagined it, but um, I can remember that. Sto- I, can, I can remember that story about someone. I uh, and it probably possibly was your cousin. Um, I, I can remember who, but I've, I definitely heard that story about someone. Yeah, yeah. That's how I mean, he would have wanted to get true. Uh, yeah. Very well, very well, be true. Uh, but yeah, great pick, and it's definitely not going to get a beat up on. Wow, I'm surprised. Oh. Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see what goes on. Uh, Andy, let's throw it back to you for your third pick, sir. Right, so this is one from recent times. Um, again, two wrestlers that were kind of hovering in the mid card, uh, that was Seamus and Cesaro. Um, <sighs> So my second pick. <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> You've got no research tonight, have you, Mags? <laughs> you, you're just going to take Andy's picks. I knew I should have sent you a picture of, of my picks. I, you, that's what it is. I sent, I sent Andy I a picture of my uh, picks. I thought I'd covered them up, but clearly not. No, I zoomed in. I zoomed in. I could see. Yeah. <laughs> these, these, these were on my list until I brought in my rule on tag team names. Yeah. So we discussed this before, didn't we? We said, I was like, we need a bit of kind of clarification on what we term as being a, a thrown together tag team because apart from a few examples, most tag teams were single wrestlers originally. Right? Even go back to like Demolition, there was still, you know, Christian Khrushchev and whatever Barry Darcy was, whatever um, Axe was before. Uh, so they were most teams, apart from, you know, you look at... People like the Rockers, I suppose, and Steiners, they were generally... Well, Rick Steiner, so I've, I've just disproved my own theory straight away, so I'll forget <laughs> it. Right, so, um, so yeah, so Seamus and Cesaro drafted to Raw in 2016. Had a feud. Now, what tends to happen with these tag teams normally is they get together as a team and then feud afterwards, but they did it the other way around. They started off with a feud, uh, um, costing each other matches... Um, this was kind of just after I think they did the it was just around the time they'd done the, the brand split again and had the first kind of two Smackdown and Raw separate uh, separate brands um, Mick Foley was the GM at the time and he proclaimed, uh, suggested they have a, a seven match series with the winner would get a future title shot Um as with most of these things, they ended in a tie or ended sort of disputed. So it ended free all, and then fully decided to compromise and give them a, a tag team title shot. So, so they were the kind of classic, uh, ill matched tag team. One Cesaro being a face, Seamus being generally a, a disliked heel. Um, but they, they had a few matches. I think this is where the new day were on there 400 and something. Day stretches as tag team champions, so they, they had a few matches with a new day, didn't quite win the title, and they're about to split up until they got into a they went to a, a local bar 
in, you know, which was stock kind of WWE backstage bar footage, <laughs> um, with a load of probably local indie wrestlers pretending I, to be. I literally rewatched that that um, that little <laughs> yeah. promo just to just to uh, for my research. And what pissed me off about it is Seamus goes, "I'll have a pan," and then they serve him uh, what's clearly not a Guinness. But it's in like a, a less than half pint glass. I was fuming like he's been jibbed there for, for having a pan. I was wondering what measure it was. Yeah. I, I couldn't determine. Is, is it just because they're big? The glass looks smaller. I don't know. Yeah, they, they've never managed to do these. But I, 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 one of my ever picks, which I didn't go for in the end, I went back and watched one of their uh, bar promos, and they end up out getting to a scrap into a bar, and people's getting bottles smashed over the heads and people going through pool tables and they never quite make it look like a realistic everyone knows that a fight in a pub is you know is not like a wwe fight in a pub <laughs> is it you know um but yeah so they got into a scrap in, in a local bar and um some of the the, the locals said some pretty you know you don't belong here boy and that kind of thing and some fairly near to the knuckle racist things to Seamus <laughs> and Cesaro um, and that kind of forged them together as a team uh, they still didn't win the tag team titles for a while the New Day were on this, still on this massive run and I think they were pretty much faces when they started because they were obviously everybody loved Cesaro and people kind of tolerated Seamus as, as we do now as we do yeah yeah um, eventually they beat the New Day um and then went into um, fitting involved in that WrestleMania ladder match when the Hardys came back and lost the titles to the Hardys. Then, but I think he attacked the Hardys soon after that, which was their kind of official heel turn as such. And then they stayed heel then for the next next couple of years, um, winning the tag team titles on various occasions. Just turning my notes over. <laughs> um, yeah, but they were they were um, again two. Underutilized. I think I think Seamus is underrated as a as a character. Again, like say we we kind of tolerate him, but he's one of those guys. But like, I put him in, in a similar kind of level to Roman Reigns, where like where you had I'm a professed Roman Reigns lover, um, but I could see why people didn't like him before. Again, the recent sort of heel turn, and now he's a more believable character really than he was when he was this you know, face trying to make jokes and silly comments and being that it wasn't really him. But he never put on a, a bad match. You could criticise him for a lot of stuff, but if you put him in with most people, he'll have a he'll have a decent match for a WWF kind of style. And I say the same with Seamus. You put Seamus in with anybody, you'll have a a decent match. He won't, you know, he won't be lacking in that. It's just a... Yeah, yeah. And you put him with Cesaro, he's... And they're exciting wrestlers to watch. Everybody kind of wants to cheer, wants Cesaro to do well. Um, it was a good, good combination. Again, they became one of the probably the best tag teams in recent years um, until uh, I think Sheamus got injured and was out for a while, and Cesaro went back to you know a, a brief kind of three week sort of oh we're going to push him as a singles wrestler and then back into the kind of mid card shuffle where they're both that's where they both are now really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was probably one of the high points of Cesaro's WWE career, I'd say. 
Yeah, um, he, he, he certainly got to show his uh, his uh, character chops more with with Sheamus, and um, I think that's one thing about Sheamus that is very underrated. Is his character work is really really good. He 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 looks legitimate. He talks legitimate. I mean, even with the god awful storyline he had with Jeff Hardy recently, where uh, oh, um, yeah. I, I really hated the storyline, but Sheamus still sold it as. As semi believable, uh, so I think he does get a bad rap for being kind of a triple H boy. Uh, but you're right, he is very dependable, and it's why I, they were mass, they were also my second pick. Um, so I'll go straight into them. Uh, the, 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 the beginning, uh, uh, the feud that they actually got into was because um, Cesaro actually got a US title shot when he beat Sheamus twice in a row. Uh, and then when he had his match against, I think it was Rusev, who was the champion at the time, Sheamus uh, got involved, cost uh, Cesaro the match, and that's what led to Foley uh, making him uh, have the seven series. And uh, Sheamus actually went three 0 up in that, but as a WWE booking always is, they've got a they've got a rinse it dry, uh, and uh, Cesaro actually clawed it back to three apiece. And then the the last match, which was a I think was a clash of champions. Uh, ended in a no contest after they both just were unable to continue, and then that got them the the title shot. And and as you said, they went into that uh, that really good feud with uh, with the new day, the bar scene, which is just absolutely classic. Um, and then uh, the, the the title runs that they had were not particularly long. Uh, they they won the titles uh, at I think it was uh, Roadblock when they beat. Uh, New Day, then they dropped into the Good Brothers at, at Royal Rumble. They got involved in the the WrestleMania match, which which led to the heel turn against the Hardys. Uh, and it was uh, it was after that that they actually referred to themselves as the Bar when they said, "We don't just set the bar; we are the Bar." So that that led to the naming. Um, they got the titles back at Extreme Rules when they beat. Uh, uh, the Hardys, and then they defended against them at Great Balls of Fire. So they got all the the really big pay per views out of the way uh, with Roadblock and Great Balls of Fire and stuff like that. They had a, a decentish feud with the Shield, uh, and then they obviously the the biggest match that they, they, they've ever had was uh, WrestleMania when they took on Braun and his his mystery partner, uh, <laughs> which ended up being. Ten-year-old Nicholas, uh, son of uh, referee John Corn, uh, a great thrown away, thrown together tag team. Eh? Yeah, that's arguably better than the bar. Undefeated. Picked them. Yeah, absolutely undefeated. Um, and then the, I think they they won the the belts uh, for the last time at SmackDown 1000 when they again they beat the New Day, but then they lost this to another thrown together tag team. Uh, Miz and Shane McMahon at Royal Rumble, uh, and then like, like Andy said, they they split because um, Sheamus got a concussion. Uh, Cesaro got drafted to Raw, and then we've now got Sheamus, who's uh, best friends with uh, Drew McIntyre, and uh, Cesaro. Is he a single? Is he a tag team? Who knows? He's just one of the biggest wastes in WWE uh, recent memory. Uh, but yeah, my second pick is a. Uh, Exactly the same as uh, as Andy's third pick, the the bar. Yeah, it's, it's a good pick, and like I said, they were going to be one of my picks until I set my own 
weird rule <laughs> I can, that, that nobody else follows. <laughs> so I could, I could, I could veto them. They won the. Um, I, I, what I think was great about them was when they had a when it first got announced, they had a seven match series. I've, there was a, a lot of grumbling about that because nobody wants to see seven matches from the same people in a row. And then there was a lot of grumbling that the decider would be a clash at champions, even though neither of them are champions. Then there was a lot of grumbling that it ended in a draw. So they, so they, they were starting from a base of really like discontent. <laughs> people, like I say, people didn't really like shame us anyway. And they thought Cesaro was wasted. So to come from that, to become like a massively popular and a really successful tag team, I think it's amazing, and and they won that ten versus ten Survivor Series match as well. Yeah, they were the only only survivors. I think that's what earned them a, another shot at uh, the New Day. Yeah, so I, I think they, I think they, I think they're a great tag team. One one of the one of the best thrown together tag teams for sure. Absolutely, I totally agree, and that's why it was uh, one of my picks. So let's go back to you, Andy, for your for your final pick, sir. Okay, so my final pick is. Um, this is a pretty much a thrown together tag team. It didn't last very long. Um, this will be Booker T and Gold Dust. He's taken oh. my one as well. Oh, oh mate. <laughs> don't, don't book Andy again, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you, um, to be fair, Paul, you've probably done more research. This was kind of my. I, I had three down, and then this was kind of the last one I put in. So. Um, so yeah, um, well, but Goldust was spent a long time kind of pursuing Booker T. The Booker T was uh, in and out of the 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 new NWO. The NW I wouldn't say NWO light. I'd say NWA kind of NWO kind of paper thin NWO. <laughs> NWO. Yeah. Aldi brand. Yeah. Aldi brand NWO. Yeah. Um, new New World Order with new spell N-U <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah Booker was, was in New World and he got kicked out quite quickly and then um, decided to take Goldust up on his offer um, and turn face I team with Goldust um, lots of comedy moments ensued with Goldust uh, Gold and Booker being the straight man and Goldust doing his kind of comedy act alongside him um, if you did with the NWO, uh, Jericho, Christian, Regal, Lance Storm, and the Dudleys won the tag team titles. Again, they were only together for probably six to eight months. So I think it wasn't a long, yeah. wasn't a long, um, long term. But I thought um, these guys were kind of my my last pick. <laughs> I've got a list of about ten others, but I was like, no, I'll go with. I go with these because these felt more like a, a thrown together tag team. All the other guys on my list are like actually went on to be major tag teams. So I thought, I, you know, I thought I know what Paul's gonna do. He's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I I could I I got a pretty good idea what Mags is gonna pick. So I thought I just squeeze one at the end, which might be Paul's, just to kind of cover both bases. So, <laughs> so, so you so, went yeah. with sensible, like coherent picks, and then you thought one one for the taller. After all, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they weren't together long at all, and they were only they were only tag team champions for three weeks. Mm. 
But I, I, I think in that in that time. Sorry, we're going into my pick here. <laughs> you just transitioned straight. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think in that time they told. Not only was it not only was it hysterical, like genuinely the funniest part of the funniest part of Raw week in week out was Booker T and Golda skits. Um, but they just told an amazing story as well. Um, like you said, the Goldust would. I don't even know for what reason, but just pursue Booker T and and basically beg him to be his tag team partner, but more importantly, be his friend. Um, but Booker T wouldn't, Booker T was too cool and Booker T was part of the NWO. So Goldust tried to become part of the NWO. He tried everything he could to get in, painting his face black and white, coming out to a really cool NWO Goldust mashup theme tune. Um, but he was never accepted. And I think, I think because because of the association with Goldust and because he kept goofing about um, Shawn Michaels kicked Booker T out of, out of NWO, which I think crashed and burned a week later anyway. Um, so no loss for Booker. But again, similar to Owen Hart and Yokozuna, I think they, they were too, Goldust and Booker T were two like, super talented wrestlers who just had nothing going on. Goldust hadn't really been used since 1997, I guess. Um, always there always present to do some some jokes but never actually used and booker t we discussed it on them um, on our invasion episode a few a few episodes ago um you know he was he was probably the main star that came over as part of the initial invasion he he didn't get much rubber the green at all he, he got a lot of big pay-per-view matches but he lost every single one and and up to that point he wasn't being he wasn't being used as good as booker t was at all so so they had nothing going on and yeah this this came together um and like you said it was it was, it was just really funny throughout and once booker t left the left the nwo he took goldust up on his offer um and they became they became a tag team and then they got um they got a lot of quite quite a few championship opportunities um but they would always they always lose them, uh, and it would be Goldust. Unfortunately, we usually lost them, and we built we um, you'd always have Goldust kind of giving Booker T pep talks backstage, funny pep talks, maybe dressed as Darth Vader or <laughs> giving his wig to Booker, <laughs> or just giving general fashion advice. So Goldust be giving the pep talks, but um, but Goldust be the one losing the matches, and and, we, and it got to a point where where they lost a, a tag team title match to the Un Americans. And uh, Goldust, Goldust t- took to the mic and, and said, he, he, "He could see what's happening. I'm the weak link. I'm holding you back. Um, we, we should just forget this." And uh, and and they got backstage. Um, Booker T. Booker T. Even though, even though he'd always roll his eyes or he'd uh, be exasperated by Goldust's pep talks, it was it was Booker's turn to do the pep talk, and he, t- he told Goldust he was the he wasn't the weakest link. He was the best tag team partner he'd ever had. It was a bit bit rude to Stevie Ray, <laughs> <laughs> and he was uh, and he was his best friend, and he's not going to quit. They're going to go to going to go to Armageddon, and they're going to win the tag team championships. And he did exactly that, and uh, I just think. It was actually a really, like, really emotional bit of storytelling that they pulled off perfectly, and they won the titles. Uh, like I said, three weeks later, um, they lost them again, um, and I didn't, I didn't note who they lost them to, unfortunately, <laughs> but they did lose them. And um, again, they didn't, they didn't split up um, acrimoniously. They split up because Golder said new Booker T could be something bigger. Booker T could be the world champion. And, and he told Booker T to go on and uh, 
go on and, and achieve it and do it. And I just think it was it was just beautiful. It was um, really, really good storyline. I well enough. <laughs> I am. Such a, it is, you're, you're right. It's such a good storyline. And the fact that they were together such a short time, but everybody still remembers how how they were as a team. Um but not even just for the in-ring stuff. It was the promos backstage, the the one with the Rock, where uh, oh, where Goldust was was impersonating <laughs> the Rock, and he, he literally stood behind him, and he's and he called was he called him a sick freak. Um, yeah, quality stuff. But because you didn't research who they lost the title to, I'm going to have to veto because what? you've not done your, not done your own work properly. Who did they lose it to? No idea. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to end these picks the same way that we started them with a bit of rockabilly. Uh, well, not technically rockabilly. He's the same same guy, but I'm going to go with Billy and Chuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting uh, to the end of the invasion story uh, Chuck Palumbo had been kicked out of the alliance uh, and he defected to uh, the WWF where he started uh, teaming with a uh, badass Billy Gunn uh, in, in kind of like an affront to the, uh, the alliance and then once the invasion angle had ended uh, the tag team they turned heel uh, and then we start getting into a storyline where uh Billy and Chuck become uh, increasingly affectionate towards each other, really kind of uh, playing on the, the homoerotic uh, relationship that they'd build in. They started wearing uh, matching ring gear, both bleached their hair, blonde, uh, and Chuck started to even put pigtails in his hair. Uh, but I think he ended up cutting his hair short because the bleach started to to uh, affect his naturally curly hair. Um, they then got a, a, a personal stylist in, uh, in, the, in the name of Rico, the, uh, the uh, developmental uh, talent, uh, and they actually won the, the tag titles for the first time when they beat uh, another thrown-together tag team, Taz and Spike Dudley. Uh, that was on the 19th uh, of February 2002 episode of SmackDown. They'd have a, a feud with the Hardy Boys, and then they went into WrestleMania 18 as champions, and then first the APA, the Dudleys and the Hardys in a, a fatal four-way tag team elimination match, uh, which they'd end up uh, coming out as winners after the APA were, were quickly eliminated, and then Matt Hardy pinned Bubba. It was down to the Hardys and, and Billy and Chuck, and then we got Billy clocking Jeff in the, in the head with one of the titles, leading to uh, Chuck be able to pin Jeff and, and retain the belt. And then, unfortunately, on uh, Judgment Day 2002, we saw Rico being forced to team up with Rikishi against his uh, his stylist clients. Uh, and then uh, Rikishi pinned Chuck to, to win the belt. Uh, but that wasn't to last long. Two weeks later, Rikishi uh, was turned on by Rico, who helped Billy and Chuck regain those titles and, and become two-time tag team champions. But unfortunately, this uh, second run only lasted four weeks when they lost to another thrown-together tag team. We've seen a, a bit of a... a, bit of a um, just a coincidence here. They lost to Edge and Hulk Hogan. 
Uh, they got a rematch, which they also lost. And unfortunately, they will never get uh, anywhere near the gold again. Uh, dropping down the, the card, having uh, feuds with the likes of Shannon Moore and the Hurricane, who was also a thrown together tag team, and Randy Orton and Hardcore Holly, another thrown together <laughs> tag team. Uh, but the death knell for this uh, this team came when they were in one of the, the more controversial storylines of uh, WWE's history. In September of 2002, Chuck proposed a uh, life partnership to Billy, and Billy accepted it. Uh, so they had a, a, a ceremony that aired on SmackDown, and during the commitment ceremony, uh, Billy and, and Chuck revealed that this was just a massive publicity stunt that had gone too far and they were definitely not uh, homosexual they were strictly hetero and then we get Eric Bischoff who was uh, was disguised as the, the, the priest who was officiating uh, he and uh, three minute warning uh, came out uh, and, and led an attack on Stephanie McMahon who was the general manager of Smackdown uh, who was obviously present at this uh this uh, ceremony. Uh, following that, uh, Rico uh, defected to Raw to manage three-minute warning. Billy and Chuck lost uh, a match at Unforgiven to to the team, three-minute warning, and and uh, quickly disband, uh, disbanded after they then lost in the first round tournament for the tag team titles to another thrown-together tag team of Devon and Ron Simmons. Um, the backlash that, uh, that Dudery got from... Uh, 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 Glad, uh, the uh, the the charity for for gay and lesbians, uh, was was absolutely horrific. Uh, apparently, they had spoken with Glad and and really uh, let Glad think that this was going to happen. That these were really two homosexual wrestlers who were going to get married. And when they pulled the rug, uh, yeah, the, the the charity was not best pleased at all. So they got a lot of backlash for it, and that's I think that's what's kind of cemented the end of the team. But yeah, I'm gonna replace uh, Booker and Goldust with uh, Billy and Chuck. See, mine was a beautiful story, and yours was <laughs> yours 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 turned out to be a, a homophobic mess. <laughs> Which hope you feel good about that. That does that not nail Badlands down to a team though? It does. It's incredible the balls on the WWE to even to go to Glad and promote that we're going to do this on TV. This is going to be a a gay wedding on TV, knowing that full well that it was a load of rubbish and it was going to turn into. So it's just inviting controversy and like again just having the. Yeah, I mean, and again, that time of when the, those early drafts, when they used to actually, like these days, if you do a draft, if you're a tag team, you just get drafted together to go to the next show and just continue the feud you were having on the other show, on a different show. Whereas back in those days, it was they would draft individual tag team partners and, and you'd end up with, again, it was a golden era for thrown together tag teams. And it was just literally, right, you've got a new show. We just put these people randomly together and just see what sticks. And going through that list of people you mentioned, nothing, none of those guys <laughs> sticked at all, did they? Really? No, absolutely not. I was, then, I was looking through, as I always do before our show, looking through the, uh, the WWE encyclopedia, my faithful friend. And I got to that period 
because I was just going to look through the whole list of champions to see if I could find good thrown together tag teams. And you're right, you hit that period. It's every single team and challenger was. <laughs> just no tag names whatsoever. <laughs> I never knew they wrestled together. <laughs> the the ironic thing though is um, that. WWE uh, pushed this as a as a as a um, a gay wedding, and then pulled the 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 rug from under from under Glad and and then carried on with Eric Bischoff promoting uh, hot lesbian action every other week on 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 Raw and SmackDown. So yeah, it, they they really kind of rubbed it into uh, the faces of Glad with with these storylines. Glad Glad didn't approve of the HLA, no. Well, no, no, I don't think that they did. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they may have done. I didn't. I didn't yeah. get a, a glad representative to 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 confirm or deny. But I, um, I think I'm I'm fairly confident that they were not impressed. Yeah, if you'd imagine if, if Twitter was around in those days, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> wow. So they are two really. I'd say you can't say great because they're thrown together, but very adequate Mount Rushmore's we've come up with. <laughs> <laughs> really threw them together. So, Andy, what we need from you now is uh, we need a topic for a future guest. What kind of Mount Rushmore would you like to to hear? Perhaps it'll be Tugboat is God doing this one. So I'll just think. Of- oh God! Well, I want to do something which will involve him. Doing lots of research rather than just picking up yeah, Wikipedia pages. <laughs> so, I'd like to. Uh, I'm not sure I'd, somebody might have done this before, but if they haven't, then I'd like to do a Mount Rushmore of raw endings. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've had that. That's a really good pick. Um, Especially in that, in that like, attitude era when, when they. They really kind of dragged you into watching the next episode. I mean, not so much now. I mean, many no. people don't get to the end of Raw without falling asleep. <laughs> uh, but certainly back in the in the late nineties, we may get some some decent ones. But yeah, it's a great pick. In fact, how many I, how many episodes of Raw have they been? Thousands. <laughs> Thousands. <laughs> yeah. So we got to watch like fifteen hundred, lots of five minutes over the next week. Yeah. So, ironically, I was watching a. Someone put a video up uh, today of uh, the best SmackDown ending, and it was literally all the the stars of of the Attitude Era. Uh, I think it ends with uh, Austin stunning the Rock, and then Vince uh, coming to the top of the uh, the the entrance ramp, and and they smiling at each other. But you see the likes of Kurt Angle coming out and doing his move, Booker T, um, Rob Van Dam, um, Taker, uh, Big Show all coming out and, and hitting finisher after finisher after finisher and then we get Austin and, and McMahon staring at each other with uh, smiles on the face. Yeah, great ending. So, yeah, that's a that's a, a great topic. I might actually switch that to SmackDown picks. SmackDown no. endings. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a great, well, it's you, a great, it's a great topic. You can, you can discount every Raw before the Royal Rumble because it ends the same. Of Yeah. I mean, 50, 30 people in the ring <laughs> fighting. Oh, stay tuned for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, it, it's a great topic, and yeah, I can't cool. wait to uh, to um, uh, check that one out. Um, and uh, let us all know where we can get hold of you on social media, where people can uh, find the the mad ramblings of uh, of you and Steve uh, in in podcast form. 
Yeah, so we're um, at Bang Bang, well, I'm at Bad Bang Podcast uh, on Twitter. Steve's at, uh, at Tugboat is God, is it? I think yeah. that thing else is. At yeah. Tugboat is God, yeah. But don't, don't follow him because it's just annoying and I, I can't be dealing with that. Um, we've got a Facebook page which is sparse. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Um, I might put a link up there when every show's out. Um, and then we're on most podcasts, providers, Spotify, Apple, I don't know any others. What others are there? Google. Google um, Breaker. What's Breaker? I don't know what Breaker is. Is that a thing? Breaker? Um, I, MySpace? Uh, <laughs> Juice? I don't know. All the others. <laughs> wherever you, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts from, whichever shops you buy, get them. Yeah, that's where we'll be. Um, but yeah, well, thank you very much for inviting me on, guys. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely not a brilliant. problem. It's been brilliant fun, and yeah, it's going to be mental when Tugboat is God is on. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll apologize on the show's behalf before it happens, but yeah, now. yeah, in advance, yeah, yeah. Have you got an extra? You haven't got any, uh, you haven't got a um, explicit tag on the show, have you? Um, no, we, no, no, no. We, we don't put any on, but we'll definitely. No, you I'll, might need one for that. I'll get one. a delete machine for yeah. Steve's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the reason for for Bang Bang? What's the the name? Well, the first guy we the first uh, wrestler we did was Mick Foley. Oh, there you go. Um, and we kind of decided on that before we decided on the the name for the podcast. Um, but again, with Steve being a actual properly creative the guy who's written albums and produced music i thought he might come up but again no it was just something i came up with and he was like yeah <laughs> that'll do isn't it this is so <laughs> similar I'm, I'm feeling an affinity with you I, I believe i've got my own steve right here just yeah. rocked up. As a, he don't even rock up every week just turns up when he wants we're the uh we're the liam gallagher's of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> wanna, just want to come up, get up, and sing tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got lots of sympathy for you, Max. I tell you, lots of sympathy. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul, your favourite time of the week, so I forgot about this bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can nail it. Yeah. Um, obviously, head over onto Twitter. Give us a follow. Thanks for listening. First, sorry, should always thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> now go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm out of practice. I'm out of practice. He's lost it. He's lost it. Head over to Twitter. Give us a follow. Um, he's at Dej Kirkby. That's D-E-J Kirkby. I'm at Rain Counter. I'm probably still avoiding Wrestle Kingdom results, so I might not be very active, but um, I'm there. And we're both at Badlands Pod. Um, and then you can go over to your favourite podcast pod, podcast provider of choice. All the ones, all the way ones Andy just mentioned, including Breaker, uh, including Breaker. <laughs> What is that? Is Breaker a thing or have I made that up? Yeah, you've made it up. Okay. <laughs> right, get the copyright on that. That's a good idea. Breaker. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah, go, go with the Breaker. Subscribe subscribe to um, right, there's four channels. If you channel. found this podcast on Breaker, you are a better man than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> um there's four channels let me see if i can remember them we at, at visionaries global media uh there's at five nerds go i don't know why i'm saying at 
um it's not twitter um <laughs> there is shooting the sports ish Okay. And of course, is also to throw yours in in the middle of man. I don't get that. But so we can lo- so we can lose the mess in amongst all the quality. <laughs> and this is not getting edited out. This is staying <laughs> as is. And of course, cheer shot uh, media group. Uh, no, no, Darren is shaking his head. Cheer no, shot. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow no, it. No, that's what they called. That's what they, that's what we were called last time. No, it's Chair Shop Media. It's... Chair Shop Media. No group. Not a group. It's just no one. group. No group. Just <laughs> Chair Shop well, Media Collective. Um, yeah, I need f- to be in bed in a minute, guys. Come on. <laughs> follow all those. There's loads of podcasts. Darren's on most of them. I'm on some of them. And uh, it's, it's good listening. Um, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. We'll be here next week on Chair Shop Media um, with another Mount Rushmore. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. See ya. Always use your head. Always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.